Hello there. The All Ireland football roller coaster takes more twists and turns this weekend. It's Joe McDonough Cup time as two counties battle it out to get back to Broadway. And it's crunch time in both the provincial hurling championships. Wexford battle for survival in Leinster as Munster continues to be the gift that keeps on giving. Brian sensing there might be a score. He's going for the spectacular. This one is landing in and it's gone all the way over the bar. Clear lead. Where would we be without the GAA on a Sunday? John McGrath. This is probably the last puck of the game. He's striking it now. It's gone up into the air. They go for the white flag and the teams are level. It's all over at Semple Stadium. This is the Irish sport. This is the best you could possibly wish to be at. Yeah, the best indeed. And another busy weekend ahead in both hurling and football on tonight's show. We look ahead to it all. Former Cork fullback Stephen McDonald looks ahead to the Munster Hurling Series. Ross Commons' Cahill Gregg is with us to chat all things football. And Offley's Brian Carroll will look at the Joe McDonough Cup final. That's all on the Championship. Now, delighted to be joined by former uh, defender in Cork, one of the greats, uh, Stephen MacDonald. Stephen, it's good to have you on the show. Let's get straight to it. There's a massive, massive game for your county against yeah. Limerick in the TUS Gaelic Grounds on Sunday. Cork have done a, not, they haven't done a whole lot wrong, and yet they're on a tight rope, Stephen. How do you see the game on Sunday? It's a very, it's a very hard game to call because Limerick and Cork are kind of they can both hammer each other, right? Because mm. I think Cork have that, have that, they have that. They have the forwards. Obviously, Sean Finn is missing for Limerick to put up massive scores. Limerick aren't as consistent as they usually are in a championship, but they're Limerick, and you know they might have a bit of a bit of hurt that they'll bring into the game. So you just it's, it's a very hard one to call, but it, it will be an absolute cracker either way. It's going to be it's all on the line, and when when it, when it's all on the line, that brings up the best in, in any team, right? So I think you'll see the best of Cork and probably the best of Limerick as well. And so look, it'll be um, it'll be a powerful game. What do Cork need to improve on, Stephen? In your opinion? I think they need to um, bring more consistency in their performance throughout the game, and I think it probably a stronger, um, stronger fight and stronger togetherness as well. Damien, if I'm to be honest, you know, I think they probably at times during the game, maybe when they're not consistent or they're kind of, they might go into themselves a bit individually, kind of try and take their own patch, and I, I think they get dominated then in, in those periods, like you know. Do you feel Limerick are slipping to the extent that people say they are? And it's it's a, maybe an outside narrative saying that. I'm not sure if anybody inside in the game really believes that truly. They're not as potent, for sure, as they were the last couple of years this this time around in their performances. Now, they did win the league, right? We have to, can't ignore that. Because everybody knows how good they can be and they're not matching that performance right now. So, you know, when you set the bar so high, that's what you're going to be judged against. So that's obviously the, the, the rumblings that are going around. They're kind of people judging them against... You know the exceptional Limerick team, and just—they're just. They're just um, they're, I think what got them here won't get them there. I think that's where they're at right now, and they're figuring out where do they, what, what's the approach and mindset and culture and all of that they need to take to take them to the next level or to take them to the four in a row. I think what got them the three in a row probably won't get them the four in a row, and I think they're just—they're just figuring that one out at the moment. I think. Okay, that's very interesting. Uh, just in terms of the style of game we'll have on Sunday, then. Do you expect a running game? Do you expect a possession game? Could you see a bit more directness from either side? What do you think, Steve? I think it's whatever the game allows. You know, I think I think there'll be fierce pressure put on Cork. And I, I, I likewise, I think Limerick. So, you know, at times they're going to go route one. Obviously, with the likes of Glenn in full forward, you know, he's got a great hand and he'll want that ball in and he wants it in fast. So I would say that you probably see Limerick hit, hit a lot ball in in high and put the full back line under pressure on the Cork team. Cork will try and hit spaces. You, you know, look, Cork's game is to hit their forwards, give them the opportunity, not 50-50 ball, but 
put it in front of them. So I don't think they'll change that too much unless like the Seamus Henry goes in full forward and they change it a little bit. But they're going to want to get their their fast players on the ball. They want to. They're going to got what they're going to want to do is they're going to want to want to run at Limerick. Okay, right? that's what they're going to want to do, right? So yeah, you know, runners off the ball and runners coming through the middle and, and hitting the ball in the corners and, and using popping the ball off. That's that's kind of their game. That's they get their, their goals that way, and I think they're they're not going to change that, right? And they, they've done that against Limerick in the past where they've exposed their full back line. So. I wouldn't see that changing. Stephen, just you mentioned that what Limerick did to get a three in a row won't be enough to get a four in a row. You work with uh, Live Unbound, you know, your company yeah. always looking for a sustained competitive advantage for individuals, teams, organisations. So where can the Limerick team of 2023 get that edge, that inch, that competitive advantage that has got them to where they are and to continue that success this season? Yeah, look, I think the only answer, that, that answer can only come from in the camp and, and everybody's having that conversation together right and putting it all out there but just my kind of outside perspective looking in is that I think Limerick were very um it was just they, they went through a very tough period for, for years like and then this team came along and it was like you know they were a team that was going to bring Hurlum back to Limerick and you know what Limerick deserve and, and they did that and and I think they've re- they've, they've they've took that kind of uh, mentality and that that brought I think that rallied them together you know and I think no, they're they're favourites, they're raging half favourites, and I know they were for the last year or two, but it's it's no longer kind of Limerick hurling underdog, you know, like up against Cork Kenny in the tip rear. It's like they're now the team that is um, you know, the favourite mm-hmm. raging hot and the underdogs come up against them. So that dogged underdog mentality isn't is, is something I think that maybe got them you know, gave, they gave them a lot of strength in the past that maybe they have to look at kind of their favourites now, big favourites, big time four in a row in the unknown territory, maybe going for the four in a row. Maybe there's a kind of like, you know, do they do they want this? You know, is training training all enough for them? Like there could be a lot of things they'd add that are under the surface that maybe aren't that are kind of like elephants in the room when they come in. I don't know, but I just think there there's just there's a little bit of um there's a little there's a little bit of confusion I think within the camp in terms of um what's going on. And could you call it for me in, in one sentence? Do you think Cork will beat them? Jesus, I, I <laughs> hope so, Damien, but I, I tell you, it's very hard to, to call it, right? It's very hard to call I wouldn't be surprised, but, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it went any which way. If one team got hammered, the other team, if it was a draw. So, I actually, it's very hard to call, Damien, but, um, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say, it's, look, you could see Limerick um, figuring that one out, right? What, what got them here, what got them there, they could be figuring, they could, have, they could figure that one out now, and, and uh Okay. Sunday, it could be very, very tough day for Cork. I'm going to bring in Brian Carroll in just a moment, but before we finish up with Munster hurling, Liam Cahill is looking at a, a four-week ban. Um, you know, there's there's a, a lot mm. of focus on that, uh, whether it's fair or unfair. We don't know what happened. Uh, Davy Fitzgerald, you know, he's Waterford team. They're at a crossroads too, Stephen. How how do yeah. you see that second game in Munster going? I see Tipperary. I see Tipperary beating them very comfortably. Okay. You know, I'd say maybe Waterford might start well and. You know, they might give a good first half, but I think it'll die out. I think they're fighting die out, and I think Tipperary will just take over. It's a, it's a hard one for Tipperary to go in, and a hard one for Waterford. Look, mm. Tipperary going in, no Waterford out. Kind of hard not to be complacent. Waterford obviously are hurt, but you know, they know they're out. So at the end of the day, that's their result. So I'd say Tipperary will beat them. Okay. Very handy. Going to call in uh, Offley's Brian Carroll to the show now. Brian, you're very welcome along. Thanks very much, Damien. Great to chat to you. Thanks for coming on air with us. And uh, we're just chatting to Stephen about Munster Hurling. But before we go any further, Brian, could we talk about Wexford and Kilkenny in the Leinster Hurling Championship? And, 
You know, Brian, we're at a, a perilous stage here in the hurling world whereby we possibly might lose another county down it here. Now, this is life, I understand that, but what do you think of the situation that Wexford find themselves in against Kilkenny? They play uh, they play the Cats in Chadwick's Wexford Park on Sunday and if they lose, they're down in the Joe McDonough Cup. What do you think about that? Look, they're staring down the barrel of a gun, being honest, but at the same time, it's in their own hands. You know, they beat Kilkenny down in Nolan Park last year, huge result for them. Wexford do not fear Kilkenny, that's one thing about them. They know as a group of players on their given day that they can test this team, and I don't think that changes for Sunday. But, you've, you've mentioned it, there's huge pressure and expectation now on Wexford to get some sort of result. There's a huge downer within the county probably since that result against Dublin up in Crow Park. Um, you know, we're hugely disappointed. There was a lot of kind of question marks regarding the style of hurling that Dara Egan has implied, probably re- returning to the sweeper after having five years of it under David Fitzgerald. So, you know, pe- people felt that there was has been no progression in the team from that perspective. But Dara Egan will point to the fact that he got 51 shots off against Dublin. Yeah. They really left that game behind him. There's, there's no doubt about it. You know, they were very very comfortable against Westmead they were 16 17 points up things were going well you know even implying the sweeper they knew what they were at but at the same time results like the last day where they absolutely imploded and fair play to Westmead they kept plugging away mm. they threw a lot of high balls in the edge of the square Niall Mitchell did serious damage 3-1 came from from 8 direct balls in on that edge of the square but Wexford will be very disappointed with themselves that they let that slip it comes down to the fact that Wexford took their eye off the ball there clearly is not a, a complete harmony in that group and uh, you know they know themselves that they need to sort this out and it's in their hands because they can't be relying on result in the other game you know that other game between Westmead and Antrim is absolutely massive for both those teams involved and there's going to be very little between that so what Wexford don't want is a situation where you know they're relying on a result in, in Mullingar Could you see Westmead winning at home in Cusick Park again Brian? Well, why couldn't you? Mm. Um, in in mm. fairness to them, to, to Westmead, um, they have some really good hurlers. We know that. We're not going to patronise them. Like, they're up there in, in, in the Leinster Championship because, because of this. Like, they drew with Wexford last year, let's not forget. So, again, from a mental perspective, they knew that they could maybe uh, challenge Wexford and, and take them on, and they kept plugging away at it. So, they've, they've had the results there. But it'll be the same for them against Antrim. Now, it'll be interesting from a financial perspective because they know that their season's on the line. Well. They were missing eight against Galway. You would question were some of those being rested if they had some niggles. And it was all eyes on, on Mullingar knowing the importance of this game so look another, another huge game in the context of Leinster Championship both teams need a result really because West, again Westmead can't rely on on the fact that they won last week um, you know if, if Wexford get a result and then they're in trouble too so you know Westmead are more than capable of beating Antrim but at the same time kind of like what Stephen was saying earlier very much all to play for you know yeah. huge game uh, and, and very little between these teams Stephen just to switch back to you on the whole Wexford is it fair that there's relegation in the Leinster Championship and not in the Munster and what do you think of Wexford's predicament and thirdly from a hurling point of view how serious it would be to see a county like them uh, slip down the tier uh, I don't know like when, it, when it, I, look, I think the Leinster Championship is a bit of an odd championship given you've got teams from all over or yeah. in, in the Championship right so I didn't have relegation in there as well so I think there's I definitely think there's changes needed there Damon to be honest and Whatever that is, I'm not sure, but you know, you can't you can't separate one Sterling and put a relegation in one, not in the other. There needs to be um, consistency there. So, sure, there's something there. I think Wexford, a really really strong county, hurling county. Um, there's obviously, as you said, there, Brian, there's not harmony in the group. Look, you know yourself, you you've got to have a cohesive, strong group management and and players. They're obviously lacking that at the moment. To be so far ahead against Westmead and to lose is 
there's no there's no words you can't that can't happen right so they're under pressure and rightly so so look i mean if they go down i don't think it'll be it'll be long before they come back up but it's just right now in this moment of time they're not in a good place and it's, it's clear to see right so and it's, it's probably an example to other teams as well you know things don't go well like this is where you get end up I suppose, Stephen, one last question that I want to ask you before you go away. The GEA will, will clamp down now again and bring sanctions against those involved in providing any form of competition for players under the age of 12. Where do you stand on that, Stephen? Like, you've been, yourself and Brian have been hurling all your life. You've been involved yeah, yeah. in GEA. It's been in your families. You couldn't you couldn't miss it if you tried. Where do you stand on the level of competition for players under the age of 12 and the GEA's stance on it? Listen, I think if you take competition out of it, it's it becomes very, um, if you're playing a hurling game, no matter what age you are, or a football game, and there's no score, you know, and you don't know who's winning, you don't know who's losing, it's it's not as enjoyable, and you're not going to, it's not going to get the best out of you. And I remember obviously playing street leagues and all that kind of stuff, and you wanted to win, like, you know, you wanted to win, and that was their enjoyment. And it's, it's about how, how the managers and how the coaches manage that whole comp- competitive environment to make sure that, players you know when you lose and are the winning and losing isn't mm. you know you don't feel down or you don't feel mm. it's about managing the players expectations and the learnings through all of that but you're going to get a suboptimal experience for kids without competition from my experience so obviously like maybe eight nine maybe not but i think 10 11 and 12 definitely there's kids are okay. i think they're they're capable enough to enjoy the competition you know and with the right coaching i think it'll be great but i think it's a suboptimal experience for sure and, and maybe they're um Okay. Your capabilities and your learnings or their skills skills will be less as well, I think, to be honest. Okay, Stephen, it was great to chat to you and please God, we'll talk again in a few weeks' time. For sure. Listen, Damien, all the best, man. Yeah, great. Stephen McDonald there from Cork. And Brian, I'll put the same question to you, please, if you don't mind. What's, what's your thoughts on it? I mean, you're a secondary school teacher. Again, you've been involved in GA all your life. You're involved in underage coaching as well. What do you think? Look, I suppose, first and foremost, this has been in the last couple of years. It's a directive to probably rec- uh, recognising the fact that some mentors and managers and 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 parents have been over the top in their in their approach to maybe the underage game and under 12s you know piling on pressure in terms of competitiveness win at all cost type of approach and i understand the balance that the ga is trying to bring to it i suppose from a personal perspective i've probably a biased uh, opinion on it and same as steven or anyone that has maybe played it at a decent level we loved competition we're the type of child that loved it we thrived on it it made me the player i am today uh, i've no doubt about it i suppose the ga is looking at it from a perspective we have a huge number of, of of children playing the game they want to keep them in it there is a fine line i think 11 as they have it is the is is the age the yeah. Go Games bring it up to 11. I think that is the perfect age. I think in um, competition can be introduced past 11. Um, you know, the directive there at the moment is that it can't be introduced till, till it's under 13. It can only be leagues at under 12 and under 13. Uh, look, I, 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 I understand where the GA is coming from. I just think it's, a, it's maybe a little bit too safe in its approach. But what does it start and end with, Damien? It starts and, and ends with the adults. The adults need to be adults. That's what it comes down to. They don't need to be trying to live their lives, um, you know, the kids they don't need to think that all these games are so important they need to give game time to, to plenty of kids um, and you know and, and fair approach for all those kids and keep them enjoying those great games that we have yeah. um, I just think that's where it starts and ends Damien yeah and from my perspective as a goal games coach for the last decade I would say 95% of the adults are absolutely spot on and there is a, there is a minority that doesn't help matters Brian it's a massive massive weekend for, for your county Um Back in 2018, Offaly had a kind of a relegation experience. And I think that from from that moment on, 
it's been a rebuilding job for the county. And what do you think about, I suppose, the, the task at hand for you guys? You're playing Carlo in the Joe McDonough Cup final. They will probably feel underrated, maybe, and undervalued. How do you see that game going? It's a really tough game to call them in again. Um, you know, and, and this is not me trying to bring an awfully cap to it. There is very little between any of the teams and Joe McDonough. The, you know, the if, if you look at all the games, any team can beat any team in any given day. You know, Karlov got here after a couple of draws as well. So it just shows there's very little between it. Uh Carlo beat Offley in a huge crunch game from an Offley perspective in the last round of the Joe McDonough final or Joe McDonough Cup last year when if Offley had a won, uh, they would have qualified for the final. And you know, Carlo will not fear awfully. That's the big thing about it. They have some excellent forwards. You know, Chris Nolan comes to mind straight away. Obviously, Marty Kavanagh is is maybe the, the well, marquee forward yeah. being the free taker. But Chris Nolan, for me, is one of the top forwards, whether it's from Mount Leinster Rangers, whether it's for Carlo or for Carlo IT that's in the game. And Offaly will have to really watch him. Like, I, I think Carlo will feel a little bit disrespected by Offaly and Offaly's approach to the last round of the, of the Joe McDonough, where Offaly had already qualified for the final. I think Offaly were fully entitled to maybe rest some of their players uh, with one eye in the final they were after playing nine games in 11 weeks um, a thing that would uh, you know an, uh, an approach that would not be asked to the top teams and it hasn't been asked it has been changed at a top level hurling that teams don't play three weeks in a row whereas you know Offaly had to play seven weeks in a row um, you know so it's it's it, it's very unfair so you can see why Offaly rested their players um, but it has backed Offaly into a corner now you know they have to perform this final at the weekend has taken on a huge significance because of the situation in the Leicester Championship with Wexford potentially coming down to Joe McDonough. So for both Offaly and Carlo, they know the significance of this. If they don't win this Saturday and get back up to, uh, you know, back up to Leinster Championship proper, they know that they could be looking at it two years' time again if Wexford come back down potentially. So yeah. it, this game is huge. There's a lot riding on it. Yeah, that's Brian Carroll there, former Offaly great. Now I'm delighted to be joined by two-time Connacht title winner Cahill Craig from Roscommon. Of course, Cahill, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, always great to have you, Carl. And just before we, lots of football to talk, but just very, very briefly, can Carl, from your professional perspective as a provincial uh, games and coaching manager in Connacht, you know, with with the Go Games directive that we were all reminded about this week, uh, there's nothing new in that, Carl. But you're on the ground. You've done PhDs in in a lot of the the, the subjects involving Gaelic games and coaching. What do you just uh, having read all the papers and listened to the podcast during the week? What's your thoughts on the debate that's going on out there? Yeah, look, I think there's there's definitely a lot of misinformation about it. Like this isn't anything new, as you said. It's it's there over twenty years ago when Noel McCaffrey and Nine Mine and Mickey Whelan developed it originally. And really, it's all about making sure that every young player gets a game and gets developed, and that it's not overly competitive early because the the research does show early early uh, specialization in sports it just leads to dropout. And I suppose the ethos in the in the GA and, and in our circles is to retain players for as long as as possible um, into their youth and into their adults. So, and I think we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't forget that over the last twenty years that this has been a, a huge success in terms of participation numbers at at child level. So, I think you, I think you mentioned it there a while ago that it's really around the adults in the room being being adults yeah. and you said 95% of them are, are are really good at it and they are but there's no doubt about it that when there's cups and medals and so on that it does lead to some uh, having poor behaviour like you know not giving some kids games and 
win at all mentality, win at all costs and so on. So look, it has been a huge success and I think it's something that we should be uh, sticking with and, and driving driving with into the future. Okay, um, let's talk football, Cahill. Your own county, um, would, would, would I be right in saying that you've got unfinished business in this championship? Like, I mean, everybody knows what's, what Roscommon are capable of. Uh, came close enough, maybe late enough in the Connacht final. What is the feeling now ahead of a, a massive, massive game against the Dubs this weekend? Yeah, I think everyone's looking forward to it. I suppose the last couple of times we've played Dublin, we've been we probably would have been going well at the time, but unfortunately Dublin were were had had that awesome team at the time. Um, but I think it's it's a real one that Roscommon can have a crack off and see where they're at in terms of the the couple of top teams. Dublin probably, I suppose, have been probably patchy in their performances. Um, Roscommon have been, you know, quite consistent throughout the year. You know, they were they were favourites to get relegated, but they had a good uh, Division One campaign. They obviously bet Mayo, who have shown there at the weekend that they are a good team, and they mm. they rank Galway um, very close in the kind of final as well. Galway deserving winners on the day, but Roscommon were were in in the game the whole way through. So, I think it's I think it's a great chance. To get to Crow Park and and see where where the team really is at now, coming to the the business end of the championship. Davy Burke has always been at his strongest when he's had uh, you know a few weeks to prepare and set up a team, especially for the opposition. And we saw that time and time again over the years at various levels, colleges under twenty senior. Where where will the the main focus be against Dublin, Carl? Will it be getting a compact defence? and getting to transition right quickly enough to be able to launch a significant attack as well. Yeah, I I I, I expect them to play quite similar to the way they did against Mayo. They played a bit more expansively against Galway, but mm. I think they will try and take the momentum from Dublin. I I expect them that they will probably try and hold on to the ball similar to the way they've done against uh, Mayo and keep the scorelines tight. They haven't conceded much the whole way through the league and the and the championship, uh, the two championship games. Um, so I fully expect them to set up like that again. My only fear is um, that they're not scoring enough. Um, they would have only scored on average 13, 14 scores in any of the league games and they've only scored 10 scores in each of the two championship games. So I just don't think that'll be enough uh, to beat a, a Dublin team at the weekend in Crow Park. Speaking of scores then, can I bring you over to Park Tulchin then for the Loudcourt game? And after conceding 5-21 in the Leinster final, how how are Loud going to set up against Cork? Because if you were going to have a cut at it, maybe Cork might not be a bad team to, to go against because they're not as rigidly structured as Dublin. But will, yeah. will Loud go back into their shell is what I'm asking you. I don't. I don't think they will. Um, I think Mickey Hart is around long enough um, to know to to not make a knee jerk reaction, and also like Cork just aren't at the at the level that Dublin are as well as well. So they wouldn't be able to punish them the way they they did. Um, like Loud played very well for the first fifteen minutes of that game, and then Dublin just blitzed them for maybe eight or ten minutes, and the game was over at that stage. So I think Loud will give it a good crack. I just think probably. It's too close. It's 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 a, a short period of time since the game. It was a big beating for Loud. They've only had two weeks to recover from it, whereas Corker probably had six or more weeks to to lick their wounds from that Clare loss. And they, like I know it was a disappointing result for Cork at the time, but they still only lost it by a point. And Clare are a good team and have mm. been a good team now for a good number of years. So even by tweaking a few things. 
I expect Cork to be better. And just because of the layoff and, and their preparation, I think they'll come out on top of this one. Two last ones then, Cahill. Can you see any surprise with either Armagh or Westmead? Or can you see anything happening with Derry and Monaghan? And Derry have got home advantage and Armagh have home advantage. Would that swing it for both sides? What's your thoughts? Uh, Armagh, I, I definitely think, will be too strong. Like I know they're only two weeks out from a provincial final loss as well. But um, I think when they dust themselves down after a couple of days, they'll have been very happy. You know, they were very competitive in that final and a few, like even at full time, they, they could have won it, extra time they could have won it and, and you know, penalties of the lottery. So I just think they'll be too uh, strong for Westmead who would probably have been, been a bit patchy this year as well. Um, up north then, I think, look, you'd say that Derry um, should be too strong for Monaghan based on the on the last game, but Monaghan still have a lot of players. They've, they've had a bit of time to... Uh, regroup and and get ready for this. I think Vinnie Curry will have learned a lot from the, from the last game. It'll also be interesting to see can Derry keep up this level of intensity. They've yeah. been going flat out since the start of the year. They've had players involved in the club uh, who came back the week after. Um, they're going to have, there's going to be a lull at some stage for them. And they have a small Monaghan panel as well, Carl. Yeah, they have they've, they've quite a tight panel. Monaghan are still an awful lot of good players, so I think this one will be tighter than the last time they met. That's interesting. You're not out the gap too long as an intercounty player. Do you miss it, Carl? And what do you make of the format? Um, no, I, I have to say I, I don't miss it. I, I probably just had enough. I I, I knew at the time it, I just hadn't the same drive as as I had previously, and uh, I'm lucky enough to go back into a good a good club setup. So I'm getting I'm getting plenty of football. You know. Um, I like I like the new setup. Like there's as a fan, it's uh, it's it's brilliant. Sure, there's loads of games every weekend. I watched three games last weekend: the the Carmio Galway game, and then I got some of the Leitrim Fermanagh game. Um, and then there was all the hurling games on Sunday. So um, I think we're spoiled for choice with with everything that we have. Um, so I, I think it's brilliant. Just the type of player you were, though. Like I mean, you you gave nothing less than hundred percent every time you went out. Like it seemed to me, you had to empty your tank every time you hit the field. Would you have been able for that level of attrition with all the games coming so thick and fast from league, provincial, and all Ireland series? Yeah, um, I, I think I would have enjoyed it because bar, barring injuries, when you get into a run of form, I think games is the is the only way to keep going. It, uh, the one thing that used to frustrate me back the time, it was probably back eight or ten years ago, is you'd, you'd play the league and then you could have, depending on the, the draw for the provinces, you could have six or eight weeks off or ten weeks at times. I, I used to find them big gaps, very frustrating. Uh, you're going into a block of train and getting a couple of challenge games, whereas... Now, at the very max, you have five, six weeks, and sometimes it's only a week or two, which is, okay. is great for players. Because players want to be playing big games. and, and the, All the provincial games have been big. All these games, whether it's the All-Ireland Series or the Talchon Cup, you know, there's lots of profile. Um, there's big crowds going to them and so on. So it's, uh, I think it'd be brilliant for players. Once okay. you don't pick up an injury, if you pick up an injury, <laughs> you're in bother. Yeah, a season potentially over. Great chatting to you, Carl, and we might have you in studio in a few weeks' time. Please, God. Thanks very much. Yeah, that, that was Kyle Craig there, one of Ross Common's all-time greats. That's it for this week, folks. The programme was produced by the great Damien O'Mara himself. The even greater Dave Gibson was on sound. From myself, Damien Lawler, stay safe and we'll chat again next weekend. 